I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. All right, this is episode number 70. We're recording on nice. November... All right, all right. <laughs> We're recording on November 19th, 2022. Uh, and we have... Uh, probably, it's probably going to be a longer than usual one, because we're covering four weeks... Because as you all know, our last episode was episode 69, so we did all the sexy news. If you don't know that, you should go back to listen to it. It was awesome. Ayla was there. It was a lot of fun. It yeah. was. Um, all right. So we got we got a whole bunch of follow-ups here, um, starting with European liquid natural gas prices. So remember, two episodes ago, we were like, hey, Europe actually has way too much natural gas now. And prices might actually go to zero. Not only did they go to zero, they went negative. Crazy. They were paying people to take their liquid natural gas. It happened with oil in the U.S. Uh, right near the beginning of COVID, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm very happy for the Europeans who did not get screwed over um, by freezing to death. That ship has not yet sailed. Right. Uh, the, the winter has been mild so far. I'm dearly hoping and praying that it stays that way, but we're hardly out of the woods. Well, the way I understand it is they have the natural gas to get through the winter. Um, the price is still going to be high, but they're not going to run out. So what what happened was they uh, they have basically purchase agreements to keep natural gas flowing through winter. And that included the cold part of fall, which they're currently in. And the cold part which of fall has less been cold less cold than they thought. Yeah, so yes. basically, they needed to free up storage in order to take possession of the gas from their purchase agreements. And that's why the price went negative. Um, and... Um, uh, that means the but, market was working as expected. Yes, but uh, if the if the if we hit a cold spike and they start using more natural gas than they're expecting, then like they have more backstop than we suspected they would. Uh, but like it, it's still definitely possible for them to burn through it before spring comes. All right. Well, just don't do that. Problem solved. <laughs> All right. What is this about Iran protesters? The Iran protesters, I am following this news story because I want that fucking regime to eat shit and die. Uh, the Iran protesters are, as we are speaking, uh, or probably a few hours ago, but maybe it's still burning right at this moment, uh, burning down the ancestral home of Khomeini, the guy who was the current Iranian regime's founder. And uh, they are also actually shooting back at police now. There's a short video of an Iranian protester with a shotgun blasting down the street at them. So good job turning into a shooting war. Um, get get that regime out of here. All right. Good luck, uh, Iranian people. Not Iranian government. Fuck you guys. All right. Um, great news. A follow-up from my last troop deployment. The Ligma Johnson team has been rehired at Twitter. Um, if, you, if you don't know... If you don't remember from my last troop deployment, this was a uh, really dynamic uh, team that was fired from uh, uh, Twitter and and covered by several reputable news sources. <laughs> um, now, the Hill.com reporters covered the rehiring, um, and we'll, we'll link to that in our show notes of their anchors going on their uh, 
live stream covering it, and which like is great. Serious, and though. I and I hope you watch it. The rest of the cowardly MSM, on the other hand, um, ignored the story. I don't know why. <laughs> it's a very important story. Did you actually watch the coverage? Oh, I did. It was fantastic. I, awesome. I have not seen it, but it, it sounds great. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's like thirty seconds, and they're like, oh, these two. Uh, Data engineers have been rehired. Uh, just looks like uh, you know Elon Musk might be admitting he made some mistakes. Oh, they didn't interview Ligma and Johnson. No, it was just uh, God. Just I wish. That would be <laughs> I thought, fantastic. I thought they interviewed them. That would have been so great. It would have been great. Um, and Eniash has some dumb gripe about the the Moon Sex Palace. Well, actually, I have two things. Uh-huh. Uh, just before that, uh, before we get to the Moon Sex Palace, uh, the guy who killed a former Prime Minister of Japan, uh, Abe, with a homemade like shotgun, basically. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he was really upset because uh, his father got conned into donating everything uh, he had as he was dying to the Moonies and uh, ruining his uh, his children. And uh, the the Japanese. Parliament is actually currently considering a bill that would enable the children or spouses of a follower of religious group to claim back some of their donation if it was made under conditions deemed problematic. Uh, I have not looked deeply into this at all, so maybe all of this is a lie, but that's... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. On the one hand, really good that they're passing this legislation, and it sucks that he had to kill the former PM to draw visibility to it. On the other hand, it feels like, uh, you know... Giving into terrorist threats, which you're not supposed to do. I mean, uh, it sounds like a thing that is good. Um, I wouldn't worry about the incentives too badly. That's true. There's only so many prime ministers you can assassinate. Yeah. All right, what's your other thing? All right, so somebody was wrong about the moon sex room, and I think it was Wes. It was not Uh, me. I knew the whole time it was a whole structure. Did you really? Because it sounded like you were saying it was a room. No, that was just you, assuming it was a room, like a dummy. David, because did you think it was a room? Um, well, yes. Part of the point of the podcast is that we don't have to read the articles the other people bring so that they can tell us about them, right? <laughs> I did tell you about it, and I described it as a structure. <laughs> you made it sound like a room people go into to fuck. No, did, that was just you because you weren't paying attention. D- David, did you think it was like a room or, or a large complex, maybe? I mean, I thought it was a large complex because that's kind of what the picture in the article looked like. <laughs> so the thing the article is actually talking about is basically an O'Neill cylinder, except put on the moon. And for people who aren't familiar, an, o- an O'Neill cylinder is an orbital habitat, is just you know a big cylinder that's spinning to create gravity, and they're they're massive on the inside. They can you know hold a city and the countryside around it. Like that's the whole point to have a actual orbital habitat. And so when I clicked through to the article, it showed you know like yeah, there's this uh, train. Um, fast train thing bullet train whatever that'll take you between various cities and villages on this in the structure and i was like wait a minute this is not a room that people go into to fuck this is an entire o'neill cylinder which he wants to put on the moon for some stupid reason like i don't know why you would do that because we could just spin it up in orbit and it stays spinning and on the moon you'd have friction and you have to constantly be putting more energy into it it just seems like a really dumb idea to put that in the gravity well so i don't know whose idea this was but they were smoking something it's because they want a moon base they don't want to sit up in space we have a space station they want a moon base well we have a cruddy little space station we, we could have a good orbital habitat and those are better than moon bases. <laughs> so you're just against the whole concept of a moon base. Well, a moon base like has other things space, going for space it. Space is better. 
<laughs> both have their positives and minuses. But... Well, yeah, I mean, you, but you sound like you're pretty against the moon base one. I'm That's what I get you on record putting, here. I'm pu- against putting a spinning habitat on the moon. That is dumb. Oh, so you can make a different habitat on the moon, just not yes. one with gravity. You can use the moon's natural gravity, which is extremely low. But that or... gravity sucks, and you can't get uh, erections in it. <laughs> Well, if I can't get erections there, I don't want to go there. That's why they're building the spinning thing. <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's not going to work, but that's a separate question. Okay. All right. Anyway, okay. Inyash okay. is done. Comp- compromise solution. How about we just build Inyash a special uh, sex centrifuge? And he can <laughs> he can have that as his sex room, and the rest of us can have the O'Neill Cylinder. Oh, they will write legends about me in the far future. (laughs) (laughs) Inyash's fuck palace in space. That's right. Not on the moon, because the moon's dumb. Yeah. No, he no, he explicitly doesn't want a fuck palace. He wants a fuck room. (laughs) As long as I get a fuck there, I'm okay with it, okay? If he has a room in space where he can go to fuck, I'm calling it a palace. I don't care how small it is. Fair enough. Incidentally, that's a phrase that gets used with Inyash and sex a lot. That was pretty good, though. (laughs) All right. Anyway, trying to move on to the news because there's a lot of it. Uh, We're going to start with the midterms. Uh, So part of the reason we did the sexy news episode was because of the midterms because we always record on Mondays and we release on Wednesdays. So we'd be releasing after the midterms and know nothing about them. So that would have been dumb. So we're doing the midterms now. Um, It was fine. The Democrats kept the Senate. Uh, the Republicans have taken the House. It took a week and a half to figure that out for reasons only known to the citizens of Nevada and Arizona. <laughs> um, it was The Democrats are really happy about this because they overperformed expectations. Um, they didn't actually do that well objectively. Uh, more people voted for Republicans than Democrats, which actually is, is not a thing that happens that often. Um, but it was, yeah, an overperformance of expectations, an overperformance of historical trends. Um, so they're just happy they kept the Senate. There's going to be a runoff in Georgia, so that's going to be fun, with Herschel Walker uh, gets another few weeks of campaigning. I assume they'll discover three more children in that time. Um, Florida went very Republican, so there's some speculation there that Florida's just a red state now. Notably... Since the Democrats lost the House of Representatives, um, Nancy Pelosi has to resign as speaker, and she says she's not going to pursue leadership in the future. So she's not going to go for minority leader. Um, So somebody new is going to be in there, hopefully someone not a 1,000 years old. That's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it's true. (laughs) Probably not. Didn't she say a couple years ago that she was going to retire in 2022 anyway? Oh, I don't know. I think I heard something that effect, but now I'm not sure if I'm remembering incorrectly. Maybe. Um, Ron DeSantis is claiming credit for Florida. Which makes sense. Yeah. Um, and everyone's now saying like, oh, well, he's the front runner for the Republican nomination, even though Trump just declared he's running for president again. Uh, the Trump but, people who were supporting Trump really got blown out this election. I think it was a they major... They really did. Yeah, for repudiation of Trumpism. Yeah, you can just kind of look at the Trump endorsed candidates and you can see them underperforming relative to all the other candidates Mm -hmm. by some pretty substantial margins. And a lot, a number of them were decisive. 
Like the Democrats or the Republicans definitely should have won Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Fetterman had a stroke <laughs> and he was not completely recovered. Um, and just by the fundamentals, like re- generic Republican versus generic Democrat, the Republican wins it. And the uh, every single of the what is it is the secretary of state that uh, decides who the electoral votes go to. There, there were a number of Republicans running for that position that were saying, uh, you know, we're, we're here for Trump. And every single oh, one yeah. of them that was, yeah, saying election denying uh, got no, no voting in. So, yeah, yeah. A lot of and a lot, a lot of like state level um, elections went for the Democrats mm-hmm. with the election denying Republicans losing. So there's this great. Uh, well, I don't know. I think it's great. There's a lot of people saying that uh, it was probably due to the um, Dobbs decision. I linked one uh, from Richard Hania, who I think is kind of a crazy person. But every now and then he has something to say that is not 100 percent crazy, um, saying that basically the Dobbs decision uh, is is the thing that pushed this over, that it really mobilized a lot of Democrats and everywhere where a um, pro-abortion rights bill was in in uh, being voted on it passed and there was huge democratic turnouts in those states and uh you know people like their access to abortion and this is the republicans being you know finally paying for for what they said they wanted to do all this time yeah i think that's true um i mean these things get decided in the close elections by like one to two percent so it doesn't have to switch a lot of votes but if it switches a few that can make the difference so I think that was a big factor. Obviously, the weird Trump candidates were a big factor. The election denying was a big factor. You add all that up, and Republic and the Democrats kept the Senate. Yeah. <clears throat> um, it's interesting to see what happens from here because you know Trump's running for president, but it sounds like most Republicans want to move on from him. But he's still got this like hardcore minority of supporters who are just like off the charts on enthusiasm. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if. You know the the rest can sort of unite around somebody, and right now it's looking like DeSantis. Yes, we yeah. still got two years to go, but if uh, if the establishment does choose someone to go against Trump, it's probably going to be DeSantis at yeah. right now. And don't get me wrong, DeSantis sucks, but he's uh, way better than Trump. Yeah, current prediction markets have DeSantis at forty four cents, Trump at thirty five cents, and everyone else at five cents or lower. Really, I would buy Trump yeah. on that one. Hmm. Yeah, I think I would too. That's for the uh, nominee, by the way, not the uh, election right. winner, obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> that would be crazy. Just cut that in half for uh, winning the election. Ish. Yeah, still, bold of, uh, bold of Trump to run for a historic third term. Indeed, since he was elected twice already. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, he didn't serve his second one, so maybe he can get in on technicality. I suppose so. Uh, Clarence Thomas will allow it. Definitely. All yeah. right. Anything else to say about the midterms before we move on to the other big news story? No, let's talk about this stupid thing. All right. <laughs> uh, FTX has gone bankrupt because of massive fraud. Massive. Just insane Ma- amounts just, of fraud. Yes. Just so much fraud. Like this is this is several times worse than Enron levels of fraud because at least Enron was trying to pretend. Yeah. So. Can somebody give us, like, the, the 90-second summary of what the hell happened here? Uh, so, the, so the explanation that um, the guy in... The guy who's not Ken White in um, ser- in the Serious Trouble podcast gave, I thought was... Yes, Josh Barrow, thank you. Uh, I thought it was a really good summary. So, essentially, what... 
so the analogy he said was, imagine I uh, say that I'm selling shares in my house and I make a billion shares and I sell one of those shares to my husband for $1 and then file for loans and stuff saying that I have this asset worth a billion dollars and like putting it up as collateral because, you know, you have a billion shares and the most recent price uh, sale price for those shares was $1. And uh, yeah, they basically did that with a bunch of shitcoin where uh, they would sell some of them and then mint a bunch of them and then use the very low market or low uh, volume price that they got for some of the shitcoin to uh, uh, massively inflate the number of assets they claimed on the books. Yep. And to be clear, that's all legal. You're allowed to do that. Um, what the problem was, was when everyone, uh, uh, when that was exposed and the price of that coin fell massively and it turned out their balance sheet was garbage, um, then Sam Bankman-Fried, uh, who owned FTX, started taking client funds to pay his debts. Yes. And to try and, try and keep the business going. Um, that's the illegal part. Uh, it's basically like, um, you know, <laughs> it's not it's not really like banks taking your money and loaning it out because they do that and that's legal. Um, but it's not legal for FTX to do. Right. Because there's no uh, regulatory scheme that allows that. That's just stealing. And he did a whole lot of it. A whole lot of it. So, yeah, FTX, as far as I know, everyone who had money in FTX.us was able to get it out. Ooh. Um, who tried? I know I had crypto on there, and I was able to get it out. Hey, congrats! Yeah, thank you. Um, but I think the the non US FTX was just anything that was in there got seized. Yes, it's this. This was a total clusterfuck. Um, I was shocked when their balance sheet was published because that is that's not a balance sheet. First of all, and <laughs> and the- yeah, it basically just is assets. All these shit coins. <laughs> yes. They're worthless. <laughs> right. Uh, there, there was no decent structure. There, there was no accounting happening at this uh, firm at all. Uh, they had just a few lists of things that they claimed were, um, were assets. There was, in particular, <laughs> one line that said $8 billion in a poorly labeled fiat account. <laughs> it was what it said on the line. Uh, it turned out that when FTX was first starting, they didn't have a way for people to send them money to uh, deposit and buy crypto with. So he said, just send it to Alameda, because uh, since you know he owned Alameda too, and we'll have Alameda send it to us. And they apparently just kind of forgot about it, the same way that the Game of Thrones writers just forgot about the Iron Fleet. And... Uh, <laughs> And then Alameda had that money, and they're like, okay, here's $8 billion, and uh, blew it, as they do on their gambling, uh, which was never supposed to happen. Uh, they, SPF had a back door in their bookkeeping software, which would let him alter the records at will uh, without alerting any auditors or leaving uh, leaving paper trails. It was it was ridiculous. I, yeah. I, the, um, the My favorite quote from this whole thing... Mm-hmm is from the um, the trustee they put in charge of the bankruptcy, mm-hmm. who is the same guy they used for Enron, <clears throat> who says, Never in my career have I seen such a complete failure of corporate controls and such a complete absence of trustworthy financial information as occurred here. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, 
That's the Enron guy. Yeah. So uh, when this all went to hell and it was uh, falling apart and people were trying to take their money out, the um, FTX accounts were frozen uh, because that's what's supposed to happen when you uh, file bankruptcy. So then the courts can decide what happens to the money that you do have left, who gets it. Uh, while that was happening, uh, two things happened which were very interesting. First of all, hundreds of millions uh, in in crypto, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of crypto just started disappearing, being transferred out, being converted to other crypto uh, in, in what was called a hack. Uh, at first, nobody knew exactly what it was. They were like, it, it looks like a hack. What the fuck is happening here? When uh, SBF did his infamous Twitter interview, which we'll get to later, uh, and Kelsey asked him about it, he was like, yeah, that was a hack. Lol, sucks that we got hacked. No, that was the Bahama, uh, the government of the Bahamas seizing assets. Uh, taking them for their government because i don't know they the whole company was based in the bahamas the they all lived in the bahamas and were working under their financial regulations and so the bahama government said no this is ours now uh give it to us and sbf said sir yes sir you're the people near me with the guns uh and the u.s bankruptcy courts are very unhappy about this because this is i don't know I, I don't even know whose jurisdiction this would fall under. I assume, since it's incorporated in Delaware, it should be uh, following the Delaware laws. But uh, a foreign government took the money, and uh, the U.S. government is less than happy about that. But I don't think they're going to invade. So who knows how that'll shake out. Oh, I would love to see us invade the Bahamas about this. <laughs> Give us that FTX money, you bastards. And those beaches. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. The U.S. government supported a coup in a foreign country because the Dole Corporation wanted to grow bananas there. That's we true. are not out of the yeah, realm of possibility here. <laughs> are you suggesting that cryptocurrency isn't a vital national asset? I I would suggest that, yes. <laughs> God, I hope not. A second interesting thing from this being in the Bahamas thing is that uh, the accounts, the Bahamas What's the word for ba people who live in Bahama? Bahamian? Bahamanian. Bahamanian. Bahamanian accounts were not frozen. Uh, SBF said at the time this is because of the requirement uh, of the Bahama government that we not have Bahama accounts fro uh, frozen. And so tons of laundering happened where people from uh, outside accounts, U.S. accounts, whatever other countries' accounts, bought NFTs from uh, people with Bahama accounts. Just little shit F nfts that were worth a dollar or two before were selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars because then all that crypto went to an nft account they could withdraw it and they would give back the person who bought the shit nft like you know a cut 50 percent. i don't know what they negotiated but uh, yeah it was a wonderful money laundering operation uh that seems to have worked out pretty well for the people who did it uh but then that turns out to be bullshit too because like 12 hours later the head of the uh bahama their equivalent of the sec said uh no, that that's not a requirement. We never told SBF to do that, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Maybe there was some confusion. Oh man, it's almost like these people are giant fuck ups, <laughs> right? Maybe he was confused on what he had to do to let the uh, the Bahama government seize all their funds, and that was a side effect. Who knows? I mean, maybe he was confused. Um, <laughs> is probably a thing that could be said about a lot of what happened. Uh, but the more I learn about it, more it sounds like he was not confused and did this all on purpose. Mm -hmm. so, so there's that. So I, it looks like this did not make it into the outline. But uh, yeah, one of the things that has come out during all of this was that 
uh, SPF was a regular player of some sort of online game. Uh, I can't remember exactly which one. For apparently years, and he didn't make it out of the Bronze League, which is like the bottom 20th percentile of players. So I'm not ruling out that SBF is just a fucking idiot. (laughs) No, no, no. He's bad at stuff. Um, he definitely drove the the company into the ground by accident. It's just all the fraud and stuff he did on purpose. Yeah. Um, so this is actually the worst kind of news that we report on. It is. Because it's bad news that affects me personally. <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, so w- FTX was a big effective altruism funder. Yes. Um, and had this whole FTX future fund. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, you know, they're their board of directors all resigned um and there's no money coming out of ftx anymore and the ftx funding was 100 percent of the latest round of funding for um rationalist meetups of of which i host and um was paying for me to have like a nice venue and buy everyone dim sum so now you got to meet in somebody's basement and eat ramen (sighs) right we went, we went back to the venue, and I just bought everyone pizza. Okay. Yeah, that, but that sucks. bullshit, man. I mean, honestly. I want that dim sum pack. Your situation is by far the worst situation. But, Definitely. But also, he um, pledged, I think it was in the at least hundreds of millions, not sure if it reached billions, uh, over coming years to do all sorts of effective altruism projects, including like nuclear, um, nuclear safety and pandemic preparedness. Uh, there, there's... A lot of EA that has been hit by this badly, and that sucks. And I mean, more than that, like just the betrayal, he, as far as from all outward appearances, he was one of us, right? He obviously read the sequences. He talked the talk. He knew um, what to say and how to say it, and he was funding the, the things we care about. And then it turns out that he's this fucking horrible sociopath scam artist guy so you know that that sucks that hurts all of us and and fuck him <laughs> yeah basically that's uh that's how you put it yeah i have some quibbles but i bloviated enough on that when i was a guest on the Bayesian conspiracy so if you want to hear my exhaustive opinion about this mess uh, go listen to that we did talk about it for about 40 minutes, and there's even a separate section just about that that was broken out for people who want it. So, oh, and I put it up on, well, never mind. So, yeah, yeah, that's, that's out there. All right. Um, since then, hmm. uh, Sam Bankman-Fried has done, did had like a DM conversation with Kelsey Piper. We love Kelsey Piper. Who is great. Uh, um, do we? Yeah. I mean, I loved Kelsey Piper before she went to Vox. I feel like her writing is like 10% as good as it was before that. I agree, okay, but yes. also um, she's getting bored now, so. But yeah, he uh, she published a lot of the conversation, and he's just like, yeah, man, all the philanthropy I was doing was bullshit. Everything's bullshit. I was just trying to make money. God. And... That, that thing he said that, like, it's all just power and sometimes you win yeah. and sometimes you lose and the winners are called good and losers are called evil and uh, that that's all it is and sucks that I lost. But, lol, we just say these shibboleths so the normies will let us live among them or some shit like that. It was like, my God. Yeah. 
I was like, wow, what a colossal asshole. It, yeah. I had, there, there was um, speculation that he got hacked and someone was like saying, oh my God, Dick Kelsey, ch- you should check this first because this is ridiculous. Both his parents are lawyers. He has to know he can't be saying this to a journalist. Mm-hmm. And then an update. <laughs> Kelsey emailed him and was like, hey, uh, can, you, can you verify that I talked with you last night? Because just, just wanted to make sure you didn't get hacked or anything. And he was like, no, this is, this is me. Great conversation we had. Thanks, lol. Yeah. Uh, oh man. So, so the real moral of the story is: don't talk to journalists, <laughs> even if they're fr- even if they're your friends. Don't. Seriously. Or or how about especially don't, if uh, you're under indictment? How about don't do crimes? Yes. <laughs> I think don't do that crimes too, is a but better. But also, answer. don't talk to journalists. <laughs> or if you're yeah. gonna do crimes, don't talk to journalists about those crimes. Definitely yeah. that one, but yeah. Um, Ineaj, what's this about the New York Times? The New York Times uh, gave him the most delicate fellatio I've ever seen. <laughs> There's this article uh, up on the New York Times painting him as this this guy with a heart of gold who just kind of got in over his head. And, you know, he just wears a T-shirt and jeans because he's not all fancy. And it is... It is ridiculous. Jesus. Not not once do they mention fucking fraud, uh, the t- stealing tons of, uh, <laughs> like ruining literally thousands of people, taking their life savings, uh, wiping out, not quite wiping out, but taking over almost $100 million from the Toronto Teachers Fund. Uh, they don't mention substance abuse. They don't say about stolen funds, like accounting back- backdoors. They don't mention his fucked up accounting. Nothing. They're just like, yeah, this this is a a nice guy who just happened to get a little bit screwed, right? And it is it is disgusting, and yet another reason to hate the New York Times forever. He's they're yeah. also now. Was it the New York Times now who's trying to make it sound like his like second in command and girlfriend <laughs> what is is on the alt right? Yes, yes, that was amazing. <laughs> it's like this polyamorous vegan alt right, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh man, and this is especially weird because of our next story, um, which I just moved up because this is a good place uh, to talk about it. Sorry, sorry, um, real quick before we move on, um, I just uh, want to say on the drug this. abuse angle, <laughs> on the drug mm-hmm. abuse angle, uh, Scott Alexander recently posted a very good article to his Substack about uh, the substances that people at FTX were probably taking and what they uh how they might have affected their behavior. So if that's something that sounds interesting to you, check it out. It's a good article. Yeah. Also that article includes as all articles about FTX should an exhortation that if you don't control your private keys, you don't own any crypto. <laughs> so keep that in mind if you want to buy the dip at like Coinbase or something like that. If you want to do the actual transaction on Coinbase because it's easy, fine. Just remember to move the crypto to a cold storage wallet where you and only you control the private key. Real quick, if I were to have to guess why the NYT did this, uh, it is probably because he was the driving force, really, behind the uh current crypto regulation bill that is being trying to be passed in congress the dccpa uh which basically is trying to strangle um crypto and put it all under the boots of the government again yeah and he was like he like testified to congress has been super like 
on board with like, yeah, crypto needs regulation and let's try to figure out like a, a reasonable bill. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he talked in the in the conversation with Kelsey Piper. He's like, yeah, that was all just PR. It's bullshit. Fuck regulators. Mm-hmm. They're the fucking worst. <laughs> Which, you know, is going to be uh, sympathetic to our listeners, probably. Uh, but, yeah, apparently it was just all bullshit PR moves by him. Okay, take note. If you want to do any of this sort of bullshit, the legislation you push as PR actually might become the law of the land. So maybe find some other way to do PR so you don't fuck <laughs> over everyone else. Well, it would have helped him because he was one of the three big, um, one of the major crypto centralizers. So uh, it would have made it much harder for people to compete with FTX if it went through. And yeah, that's half the point of regulatory capture. Yeah, and is the incumbent firms want to? No, that's keep literally the entire point of regulatory <laughs> capture. It's not the entire point. Sometimes they want to do other things that are favorable to them. Uh, he also it worked as PR because the New York Times is like, oh, the guy who's trying to do more regulation must be great, and so they. Gave him this public blowjob. Yeah, he's also the Democrats' second biggest funder, so that may have had something to do with it too. Bad too. Yes. Uh, it's George Soros, then Sam Bankman-Fried, or it was. Yeah. Um, but it's especially weird that the New York Times did this such a positive story about this because of our next story, um, which is a this is a tweet from Matt Iglesias that I thought was like a huge revelation. Mm-hmm. That everyone else just kind of shrugged at, where he says, oh, yeah, a few years ago, uh, the New York Times instructed all of its reporters that they were that they needed to cover tech negatively. Yeah, that tech was getting which, too powerful and needed to be taken down. Yeah, which is like, what? Yeah. New York Times is just, just we have to do negative stories now, nothing positive about tech. Um, and Kelsey Piper all confirmed this. Yeah. And she's uh, like, yeah. Yeah, this definitely happened. If you didn't have enough reasons to hate the New York Times, they don't actually care about the truth at all. It's all just power politics and uh, how they can manipulate people. And that, that was the really crazy thing. Like you said, basically every reporter was like, yeah, we, we already knew this. There, there was, I mean, to the outside world, it was a shock, but everyone else had already been told in confidence that they can't repeat this. And I don't know how Matt Iglesias got away with it, but thank God somebody said something. Because he's on Substack now. That's true. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't do any primary reporting. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like it's not like he has like off the record conversations with sources a lot. Yeah. Um, actually, I don't think that's true. I think he does because he's he's a Washington insider now. Hmm. But I don't know. I guess somebody like it seems like it's just like it was an open secret. Yeah. Or like because he just tweeted it out like it was nothing, and uh, you know I saw a couple people freaking out about it. I was freaking out about I it. I did. But but like you know the. I guess, I, I, why isn't the Washington Post freaking out about this? Why isn't everyone who's not the New York Times being like, see, these guys are assholes? <sighs> I guess probably because they do because it too. because they're doing it too. They just weren't as yeah. stupid about it. Yeah. Um, but the mind killer doesn't do that shit. No. And that's why we're reporting on yeah. it. Yeah. But if someone wants to bribe us with a lot of money. <laughs> we'll do basically anything. Yeah, it'd have to be a Especially lot. Especially Enyash. Well, that's, <laughs> my price is high though. <laughs> All right. Next story. David, Department of Homeland Security, being shitheads. Yeah. Uh, so the Department of Homeland Security, a while ago, they implemented or tried to implement a uh, disinformation governance board that would basically give them de facto control over social media moderation. But then and... the resistance came in and crushed it. Yeah. Yes. 
Uh, we successfully cyberbullied it into a critical existence failure, <laughs> but because the government never stops doing things that they want to do, especially if it fucks over, uh, you know, Americans uh, and also people in other countries, uh, they, they went ahead and did it anyway, and they just didn't talk about it on Twitter, and people didn't notice because we live in hell. Yeah, they definitely were like, okay, we won't do it then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, a couple weeks later, we're like, all right, let's just do it. Then. Right. Are they out of the room? Okay, cool. Let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I. Eniash, you have details about this? I do have details. Uh, they created, Facebook created a special portal specifically for DHS and government agents to get a fast track to report disinformation disinformation to Facebook so they could take you down uh, faster. Uh, Laura Demlo, I believe is how it's uh, pronounced, is an FBI official. Uh, she stressed that we need a media infrastructure that is held accountable. And the department, which I guess doesn't have... This sub-department doesn't have a name anymore, but Department of Homeland Security plans to target uh, quote-unquote inaccurate information on a wide range of topics, including the origins of COVID-19, the efficacy of the vaccines, racial justice, U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, and the nature of U.S. support to Ukraine, and any content that undermines trust in financial systems and courts, which means we're fucked. (laughs) God, right? That's this podcast is just number one (laughs) on the list of misinformation purveyors. Mm -hmm. Good Lord. Yeah, so they they just, they, they never stopped. They never stopped. Uh, yeah. They said at one point that uh, one could argue we're in the business of critical infrastructure, and the most critical infrastructure is our cognitive infrastructure. So building that resilience to misinformation and disinformation is incredibly important. And, like, I agree with the spirit of that, which is exactly why people should be taught rationality and we raise the social sanity waterline. The incorrect way to do that is to create a ministry of truth that goes around... Uh, saying what is and isn't true for uh it, you know in terms that best benefits the government as opposed to right the the proper response to that is freedom of speech yeah like yeah yes that's why we need to not censor on popular opinions because that's how you get groupthink and tribalism and shit yeah maybe just teach also, people uh, that fact check Fact check, according to the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Homeland Security is not a ministry of truth. A SWAT team is on your way to your house to detain you right now, Enosh. Oh, this hasn't even gone out yet. How did they know? Uh, because of your Alexa. Damn it. My, my Alexa cannot hear me from where and I am right now. And also you have an Alexa. Yeah, well, you know, she's useful sometimes. Uh, this is great because the podcast definitely checks every single thing you mentioned, except the, uh, I feel like the U.S. support to Ukraine, we haven't been overly critical of that. No, we like that. Um, but we can, we probably should, though, because then we can get, like, all the misinformation boxes ticked. Cool. Well, I will look into that for our next episode. Okay, I can, I can do right, one. Good. I can do one. Okay, um, go. I, so- I was sure you had one in your back pocket. Yeah, so the U.S. has given a lot of financial support to Ukraine. A non-trivial amount of uh, that support was then reinvested into FTX. And FTX, as we all know, uh, gave a bunch of money to the DNC. So actually, U.S. support for Ukraine is just a way for uh, the Democrats to fund their own re-election campaigns at taxpayer expense. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, there we go. How did Ukraine misinformation? How did Ukraine money get funneled into FTX? 
uh, Ukraine has more money than they have guns to buy. And so they're like, okay, well, we aren't just going to leave this money in a hole. I guess we'll invest it in stuff. What's a good thing to invest in? This FTX thing seems to be working out all right. Holy shit. Is that actually true? Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah, as far as I know, they did invest some in FTX. Okay. Or I, or I, I think they bought crypto on FTX. Um, but that's, you know, all the money that was stolen. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So we got that. We got the uh, origins of the COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, we've been talking about Lab League forever. Mm-hmm. Efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they work, but they don't work that well. Right. You're still going to get COVID-19. Yeah. They make it so you- uh, Racial justice. Oh, man, we're just... <laughs> <laughs> we hate justice. Hard, hard to know exactly what they mean by that, but it's it's definitely whatever we say about yeah. it. Yeah. US withdrawal from Afghanistan. I know David had a whole thing about that. Um so yeah, we're public enemy number 1. Damn it. Better send us some money so we can uh you know keep the resistance going. Right? We need money for ammo. And yeah. you can send us that money through our Substack. <clears throat> Indeed. The mindkiller.substack.com. Yeah. All right, what's this about YouTube censoring information? Oh, uh it's Somebody put up a whole bunch of um, clips of people from the 2016 election saying that it was, uh, by people I mean Hillary Clinton and other Democratic bigwigs, saying that uh, it was rigged, illegitimate, uh, Russian interference, etc. And uh, the YouTube took it down and was like, no, fuck you, you can't say that. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, All right. Next story. Um, Paul Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's husband, was assaulted in his home with a hammer. Um, if you pay attention to the news, it's probably old news by now. Um, but yeah, it was a real shitty thing. Some crazy dude broke into Nancy Pelosi's house. She wasn't home. Um, so he like tried to take Paul Pelosi hostage and was like, we're going to wait for Nancy to get home. And then, um, uh, so the, when the police came, he like freaked out and hit the dude with a hammer and then they shot him. Wait, they shot him? I thought he got away and then they shot him later. <clears throat> oh, Maybe. As long as he got shot eventually. Yeah. <laughs> he, he did get shot okay, at some point. Okay, hang on. But yeah. Re- real-time fact like check. A, um, he was just a crazy right-wing dude who was mad about some laws, or probably not laws that were even actually passed. Just I'm not even sure if he was right-wing. He looked like he was just fucking crazy. Well, he was. it was all like right-wing conspiracy theories. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So Like, like so very there, political. So there was a blog allegedly maintained by this guy, uh, which was full of right-wing nut jobbery. It's honestly pretty suspicious, and we're going to talk about the conspiracies in a second here, but, (laughs) um, and, like, most of the conspiracy angle has fallen apart, but as far as I know, no one's actually put together a credible defense of uh, the blog being legitimate. Um, Like, there were a lot of... There was a lot of evidence of backdating. Um, a non-trivial number of posts were inflammatory headlines without any actual content, according to um, the uh, archive.org um, uh, copies of them. So, yeah, I, I'm not convinced of the um, of the right-wing nut job angle, but he was definitely, like, mentally unwell and probably... I mean, because it was the Pelosi's, probably had some sort of political something or other going on. Um, yeah, I feel like you wouldn't attack Nancy Pelosi unless it's politically motivated. 
Also, he was, um, he's being charged, uh, and he's, uh, on trial, so if they shot him, they didn't shoot him that badly. Yes. They did not kill him. Um, the weirdest part about this story, though, was the right-wing reaction to it. Um, because right afterward, they started spreading, like, weird conspiracy theories about how this was, like, a gay hookup. (laughs) That, that had gone wrong, and that's, that's what this was. Right. Um, and they were like... Like like prominent people were out there joking about it, and meanwhile this dude's like got hammered in the head and it's in critical care, and it was just so weird. They started saying things about like the glass from the window was in the wrong direction or something. <laughs> yeah, it was like this weird like nine eleven truth or shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, the glass from the window actually was in the wrong direction though, but uh-huh. that's just because the guy. The okay, so what what it looks like <laughs> happened was. Uh, dude bro knocked on the door, forced his way in when Paul opened it, and then when the police showed up, he jumped out a window. Um, which, like, like, if you guys have ever seen a broken window, it's really easy to tell which side a window was broken from. Right. Um, and someone did a drone flyover of the Pelosi house, and, like, the window was very clearly broken from the inside, but mm-hmm. it just turned out that that's how the assault went down, not that, so like, obviously any of the up. conspiracy stuff was actually true. I think my favorite detail from all this is that uh, they found his ex-girlfriend and interviewed her, and she was like, oh, yeah, he's totally crazy. As she says, oh, yeah. from jail... <laughs> Due to kidnapping a fourteen-year-old boy, so she could have sex with him. I'm like, holy shit! Yeah. If she says that you're crazy, you may have some issues. She's like, oh yeah, that guy's a nut job. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but it was just it was just weird to like, because you know political violence happens every once in a while, but most of the time everyone's like super solemn about it and being like, you know, they go out and they're like, oh um, yes, nobody should ever, um, you know, do this sort of thing. Blah blah blah. We're all very serious here, and this was like. This this was this was I'd never seen a reaction like this before where they're like, "Hey, Pelosi's husband," eh, making jokes about his gay lover. Like, oh my god! To be fair, I think the uh, left wing didn't cover itself in glory either. Weren't there some people saying things like, "Mental illness doesn't make you attack people"? That this was. Oh yeah. yes, they say that all the time, and it's so stupid. Yeah, that this was just a right wing, you know, uh, assassination attempt that went wrong. So now he's pretending to be crazy. I'm like, no, fuck you. Oh, that's. Yeah. I didn't see that, but I'm sure that that was out there. Yeah, those tapes were mostly about Kanye, but they happened at the same time, so oh, maybe there I got was them probably up. some stream crossing. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of right left-wingers out there saying, uh, you know, mental illness doesn't make you anti-Semitic. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of um, famous for which it. Is like, well, <laughs> yeah, which is like... Freddie DeBoer has a great uh, blog about it where he's like, you know what mental illness does? It makes you paranoid and see weird patterns mm. that don't exist. So, um, yes, it can make you anti-Semitic and pretending it doesn't makes you sound like an asshole. Yeah. Um, all right. Next story. Next story. Uh, Ukraine. Yes, Poland was hit by a uh, missile and Jesus there was a Christ. lot of tension in the air for, yeah, for half a day being like, oh, shit. Did Russia just strike into Poland? Are are we going to have to invoke NATO and uh, make this World War Three? Yes. For those of you who don't know, Poland is a NATO country. Indeed. And if anyone attacks a NATO country, it's considered an attack on all NATO countries, and we are uh, uh, obligated to defend that country. Yes. Uh, 
um, in ways that we are currently not even close to defending Ukraine. Right. And maybe there could have been something along the lines of, look, it went off track because these things do happen sometimes and Russia wasn't intentionally attacking uh, Poland or whatever. But it looks like what actually happened was that uh, Russia was launching a huge missile strike against Ukraine. Ukraine shot down most of them. I believe something like 80% of the missiles got shot down before hitting their targets. But one of the anti-missile missiles uh, missed and went off and two of them actually maybe was it one or two? I don't know. Uh, went off. I think it was okay, And uh, spiraled into Poland and uh, hit there. And Zelensky is, last I saw, denying this. He was like, nope, nothing like that happened. There was no Ukrainian missile parts in Poland. And people are like, dude, we're holding the missile parts right here. They say made in Ukraine on them. (laughs) Not literally true, because Ukraine does not make its own missiles. Yeah, it definitely says made in the USA. Yes. But um, yeah, so everybody's like, oh, thank God. It it wasn't even Russia, and it was totally an accident. So cool, we don't have to go to World, World War III. Yeah. Now, speaking of Ukraine, we didn't we never we haven't covered yet that the uh, Ukraine took back that uh, one of the, the big important cities. Oh, shit. Right? No, we didn't. Yeah. Uh, was it, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a city. It was an entire oblast. Um, not that there was much of the oblast still occupied. But yeah, um, Kherson, which was the last uh, big like Russian occupied stretch of territory outside of Serbia. Um, it's Serbia, right? I'm not getting my puzzle know. pieces mixed up. Uh, are you thinking of Crimea? Because Serbia is way yeah, far Crimea. Away. That's yeah, Crimea. That's the okay. one. Yes, Crimea um, is the the peninsula. Any any Eastern Europeans listening to this, um, get your shit together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, way to turn it around. Your problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's their problem that there's like. 20 countries that aren't real countries um out there um anyway um yeah it's it's the last stretch of uh ukraine that was uh occupied by russia that wasn't crimea and yeah uh now it's just gonna see whether uh putin's going to come to the table or if they're gonna try to take crimea or what's gonna happen it's gonna be exciting yeah. yay excitement that's what i want from the rest of the world mm. but yeah I- i'm very happy that ukrainians are kicking the russians asses just like straight out of the country again i yeah. it's going going pretty well for them so it's seems- i god i saw a recent take that said basically russia has demilitarized itself over the past year and uh that doesn't matter too terribly because they have nukes but uh also probably the first time a country has done that like, they just don't have any military they, left? Not much worth talking about. Plus, all their uh, recruiting age men who would have willingly gone if they were drafted are kind of dead now. Um, hold up. Hmm. It's not the first time this has happened. Uh, <laughs> CF Napoleonic France, World War One Germany, World War Two Germany and Japan. <laughs> uh, hmm. Well, it still doesn't seem like a good strategic move. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering. And, you know, it didn't work out great for any of those other countries, so this is probably bad for Russia. Sure, but, I mean, those were, like, major world war things, whereas this is, like, if the USSR were to invade Afghanistan and lose its entire military, which they they lost Afghanistan, but they didn't lose their whole military, you know? Yeah. No, I don't know. Sucks yeah, I mean, Russia. I'm not saying it's not... Yeah, I'm not saying the Russians shouldn't be embarrassed, but um, this is hardly historically unprecedented. 
Ooh, you know who should be embarrassed because of something that's historically unprecedented? Ooh. Scientists in the U.S. <laughs> oh, what did they do? They recreated the 1918 Spanish flu. Oh, awesome. You mean the one that, like, created a worldwide pandemic? And the one that, yeah, COVID kept getting compared this to. Sounds, uh, this sounds entirely too historically precedented. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they, I don't think they resurrected any viruses from the dead before in history. Uh, yeah, they recreated the 1918 uh, flu virus, which I guess we're not calling the Spanish flu anymore because that's racist or something. I don't know. Uh, up until very recently, it was known as the Spanish flu. I still call it the Spanish flu. Everyone still calls it the Spanish okay, flu. Okay, good. Uh, that was the one that swept through the U.S. And lots of deaths. The COVID pandemic kept getting uh, compared to it. And it wasn't nearly as bad, obviously. But it was the last really big uh, zombie virus in uh, modern history. And, uh, oh, <laughs> recreating dangerous viruses is tight. Not just recreating them, also infecting macaws with them. Macaques. macaques. Sorry, macaws are birds. Macaws are yes. birds. <laughs> macaques are monkeys. <laughs> Uh, so that that was a brilliant thing to do. I think I saw that movie. <laughs> that was definitely a movie. Yeah. It was called Drumroll Outbreak. <laughs> so yeah, that 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 is that is really fucking stupid. And last last real not real episode last non sexy episode, uh, I mentioned some other gain of function research that was going on and could not for the life of me figure out why the fuck this exists and why we're doing this. Uh, I I think. Uh, I, I was, is this a good place for an Inyash was wrong segment? That <laughs> Inyash was wrong, there is a reason to do it, it's just a terrible reason. Uh, that reason being that <laughs> if we don't do it, somebody else will. Uh, the COVID uh, lab, lab leak happened in China because it was made illegal to do gain-of-function research here, so all the U.S. gain-of-function research was transferred there instead. It was at a U.S. Yeah, lab. Yeah, we keep funding it. I, right, yeah, it was at a U.S. lab. They couldn't have done it without us, and, you know, yeah. honestly, they have much worse security protocols in China. It might even be better if we do our gain-of-function research here in the U.S. We're, we're much stricter about safety. Um, but I think that's still hey, a stupid you idea. you know what? Hmm. You know what? What's up? If we don't build nuclear reactors and do multi-use zoning here, someone else <laughs> will do it somewhere else, and they'll do it less responsibly than we will. So for purposes of global security, we need to build nuclear reactors and do multi-use zoning. Seriously. Excellent point, David. Why does Also, here's another quick Eniash was yeah. wrong. Um, all of our episodes are sexy episodes. Oh, thank you. Oh, I mean, all of us are sexy, though, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, yeah, we know yeah, why. Yeah. <laughs> we know who you're talking about. No, but the, I, I don't know. I, why does this only work for evil bad things? That it, it doesn't. It doesn't work. It's a bad it argument. It is a bad argument. We should not do those things here. We should not fund them anywhere. And without our funding, there will be less of it. And there might not be none of it, uh, but there will be less. And we want less. We should not fund them on a train. We should not fund them on a plane. Exactly. All right, next story. Uh, some reporter was put in jail for reporting something. Just, re uh, yeah, reporting the routine stuff. Uh, reporter in Texas uh, putting things on her Facebook page. Uh, there were two fairly routine crimes, uh, or not even crimes, news stories. One of them was about a uh, border agent who committed suicide. 
The other one was, I don't know, something else equally trivial. But she called up the uh, the police and she was like, hey, what can you tell us me about these things that happened? She got some information and then she published that on her Facebook. Uh, she was arrested by the police department that gave her that information because uh, she was publishing information that was had not yet been released to the public, uh, which is a crime there. So they gave her the information, then they went and they arrested her for publishing it uh, because she had been posting various other negative things about them and they did not like it. The uh, Texas law allowed for that and the the officers were um, originally protected by the, uh, what is the thing that we hate? Qualified immunity because there was no... <laughs> <laughs> that could be so many things. <laughs> You're right. Because there was... The Jones Act! There was... Zoning. There was no previous uh, law saying that police can't arrest someone they don't like for publishing unfavorable things about them. Uh, that was uh, struck down uh, with extreme prejudice by an appeals court, but that appeals court is still um, willing to hear her trial. So who knows if how it's looking for her. The Texas law in particular say, states that uh, if someone published non-public information that they received from a government official, which the police department was, uh, with intent to obtain a benefit, that is a crime. The benefit that they're alleging she uh, attained from this was Facebook followers? That is the least legal law I've ever heard of. <laughs> that's like the the biggest violation of the First Amendment. Yes. That's a... That's a uh, prior restraint that's that's like the ones that are the least allowed that's basically what everybody is saying but also the case is going forward so we'll see how it resolves all right this i mean even in texas i feel like they're gonna realize that that's a bullshit law i hope so this happened uh she was first jailed in 2017 so it's been five years now and it still isn't done yeah well that's the courts for Mm -hmm. your information the supreme court has roundly rejected prior restraint all right next story uh, hot women get better grades because they are hot. Um, this is a new study that came out. I don't know if it'll replicate. Who ever knows if any psychology study is going to replicate. Uh, but interesting finding, which was that um, there's been a lot of findings that have replicated a bunch of times showing that um, more attractive people get better grades. Um, but there's, you know, there could be a lot of reasons for that. <clears throat> but this study said that um, the attractiveness premium for women disappeared once classes went remote Hmm. um because you know you're just a face on a screen your professors can't ogle you properly over zoom um did not disappear for men that is particularly interesting because most teachers are female that's true uh are they at the university level which i think this is which i think is what this is writing about Mm. i actually don't know about that um god i guess i need to read the article (laughs) yeah this was university um that they did the the study Uh on so yeah it probably is not mostly women professors okay uh also uh also they are engineering students in sweden uh well they're engineering students in sweden so i assume that uh Sweden doesn't have radically different demographic professoriate. Um, so, yes, I would guess, like, uh, at least a 70% gender scheme. Uh, male to female in the professors. It's interesting that the attractiveness premium for males stayed, though. Well, it's just uh, more ammo for my theory that uh, hot women are privileged and they should be ashamed of their privilege. Mm, okay. 
And for males, I mean, it's just pure physiognomy. <laughs> yes, physiognomy, that's a word. Is that the thing where healthier people are more attractive uh, and also better able to do things? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of those um, 20th century uh, semi-racial pseudosciences that's actually kind of aged um, uncomfortably well. Uh, basically just that, like, weird-looking people are more likely to be bad in some ways. Um, okay. I know a lot of people uh, uh, that, called that's that FTX racial justice being... misinformation we were talking about. <laughs> yes, I know a lot of people called uh, FTX being fraud on the basis of Sam Bankman-Fried looking kind of weird. So, so um, first of all, by a lot of people, I think you mean you since you said that. But also, uh, I don't think he looks weird. No, I'll, also he I, weird, I didn't on purpose. I'm I'm sorry. I shouldn't say a lot of people. I should say like at least three people that I've heard talking about it. I mean, he looks like Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill looks weird. No, he, well, okay. Yes. I just pulled up a picture of Jonah Hill, and now he looks weird. But <laughs> Jonah Hill in his twenties looked like a normal chubby dude. All right. What the what hell I, did he do to himself? This is a dumb conversation. So we're gonna move on I to mean, happy news. I mean, look at, news, everyone. look at that jawline. It's so doughy. Of no, course, we're he's moving not on, David. We're not talking about this anymore. <laughs> oh my God. We're move. We have moved on. All right. First happy news. <sighs> this uh, amazing badass NASCAR oh move. Oh my God. This is the news that made me the happiest all month, and it is amazing. Uh, this guy in NASCAR, he was. He needed to get at least fourth place to place for the next race and he was way behind on the last lap and so he said you know what fuck it i'm gonna do something insane and the insane thing he did is coming into the final turn that big u-turn they have at the end of the well on both ends of the track uh normally you gotta slow down you're making a sharp turn at a high speed and that is what everybody does that is i guess where the skill of nascar mostly comes into it uh he fucking floored it popped the engine into fifth gear and just ran into the wall and had the wall push his car to where it should be. Um, just riding the wall all the way around the track, gunning his engine as hard as he can, blew past a ton of people, made it into fourth place, set a record lap time. It was fucking unbelievable. Tore his car to shreds, of course, because uh, that's that's what happens when you ride the wall at a 200 miles an hour. But yes. Only works on the last lap. Yes, yes. But it fucking worked it was insane people went nuts and in the uh in the interview afterwards he was like yeah you know i used to play nascar on my gamecube when i was a kid and i would do that because you know it worked in the game and i i always wondered if it would work in real life and i figured fuck it i'm not i don't think he used the words fuck it but you know he said i uh i knew i wasn't gonna place anyway might as well try this and it fucking worked out for him yeah and for for listeners who don't understand the reason this works it's because all the other drivers had to just not go too fast or because they're they're going around curves. Yes. And if they went too fast, they would spin out. And this guy couldn't spin out because he's just hugging the wall. <laughs> yeah. So he could just gun his engine, go as fast as the car could go, and he just blew past everyone else and and You've got to watch this video. It's so fucking amazing. Yeah. I fully expect this to be made illegal. Uh, NASCAR has not done it yet and said they won't. I just followed up on it a couple days ago because I was curious. No yeah, kidding. He said he's never going to do it again. And But, yeah. I mean, seriously, anyone who is in that position, I don't see why they wouldn't in the last lap do that now. I mean, aside from the chance of yeah, death, right? apparently you might get hung up on... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
aside from the chance of death, but you know, that's NASCAR. The first time somebody dies, they'll probably make it illegal. Yeah. I'm guessing whoever has to pay for those car repairs will probably, uh, will probably make it de facto illegal, even if it, uh, doesn't get banned de jure. I don't know. My understanding is that half the time they have to completely rebuild these cars anyway after the race. Mm. I don't know. That's what my brother told me. He's more, way more into this okay. stuff. All right. Yeah. That Pretty was, cool. That was just right. awesome. Next happy news. Next Colorado happy news. has decriminalized mushrooms. Hell yeah. Colorado, and that's where you live. It is where I live. And that's where David, that's where you are because you're a homeless vagabond right now. <laughs> yep. So why aren't you guys doing mushrooms right now? Because uh, I have to do this podcast, and I respect my listeners. Uh, I think your listeners want to hear you do the podcast on mushrooms. How many how many Substack patrons do we have right oh, now? I don't know. As soon as we hit triple digits, I will do this podcast on mushrooms. All right, you heard it. Get get your pledges in. Yep. And uh, you know, I'm not I'm not even a f- big fan of mushrooms. The the hangover for mushrooms is kind of cruddy, whereas the hangover from LSD is almost non-existent. But I will I will take that hit for my listeners. <laughs> What we're, what All we right, need to do is it. get together in Colorado in like the spring, uh, when it'll like late spring when it'll be like really pleasant, and go camping in the woods, make a big bonfire, set up microphones, and then do a uh, a in nature on mushrooms recording of the Mind Killer. That would be All right, really fun. I'll, I'll do it, but David Yusuf has to be there. Oh. Oh, yes. man, I don't know if I could take David Yusuf while I'm on mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I could take David Yusuf better on mushrooms. I see. I don't know. He's he's super intense, and I'd like my trips to be more mellow oh, than man. that. No, I would be so into hanging out with David on mushrooms. Hmm. All right, but anyway, that's for when we uh, either feel like it or get 100 subscribers. Yes. So get your subscriptions in, people. All right, next happy news. Uh, somebody has been cured of sickle cell anemia using CRISPR? Yeah, uh, this first, um, was introduced into the, the CRISPR was introduced into the patient a couple years ago now, I think. Uh, it was a gene edit that would cause the bone marrow to create a lot of fetal, uh, hemoglobin, which is normally what they do to treat sickle cell anemia is inject people with that, uh, either from donors or, uh, pulled out of their own bone marrow. But for some people, it is hard to, uh, to get that done. Uh, I don't know the reasons behind it. I'm not a sickle cell anemia expert, but whatever. For some people, it's really tough. Plus, you know, it's painful and expensive. I'm not a sickle expensive. cell anemia expert. <laughs> I'm on mushrooms right now, man. <laughs> I don't know things. If only that was true. Yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, the, this person was injected with uh, the CRISPR to edit her gene line so that she would make a lot more of those on her own and is doing quite well. It's still working after almost two years now, I think. Uh, there's even some people in actual news sources saying that, you know what, this this condition is just treatable now. We can cure sickle cell anemia. Uh, I'm not sure it's quite 100%. I believe in the latest trials for some people it stopped working after a little bit, uh, but, you know, still better than than being stuck with it for the rest of your life and uh the fda might even approve this before the end of the decade so you know people might only have to live with sickle cell anemia for another seven years before the fda lets wait you mean cure there's it. a cure now and it might be fda approved within seven years i don't believe it i <laughs> miracles are happening Oof, man that operation warp speed uh really 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 had an effect yeah warp speed seven years all right <clears throat> next story Something about uh, laser beams and uh, transferring data. 
There is a new method for splitting a single laser beam into different wavelengths of light, and each of the various frequencies can carry data. Uh, this is done by modulating amplitude, phase, and polarization. I think that's already how it's done in fiber optics, but uh, they don't break it out into different wavelengths. Uh, anyways, this new thing, uh, method, can transfer an amount of data, uh, what is it, encoded at 1.8 pe petabytes per second, which is almost two times the combined internet traffic of the world so that yeah, seems pretty that, fast that that would be great i i think we always need more bandwidth and this is another way of getting it so fuck yeah let's make the world one giant hive brain uh so what do we got to do for that just um run run more fiber optic cables and use this i think it was some kind of chip something that uh did it it's you know not widely available yet it's just something that yeah. they they cr betcha created gotta, gotta use some kind of special cable yeah, maybe. But, you know, mm. they uh, put in those regular fiber optic cables pretty quick. If right. this is for real, uh, yeah, definitely. Th it'll definitely be worth putting those in. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Especially once our AI overlords want to be able to communicate with each other definitely. quickly. Um, so if that, so if that's, if that works, mm -hmm. that might, I mean, that might make uh, video chatting like actually good. Oh. That would be cool. Yeah, because right now it, the problems are like lag, and then you can't get it high resolution enough. Mm -hmm. um, but it's all it's all it's all just a matter of the data can't be transferred fast enough. Oh man! But with this, I feel like we could get like actual good video chatting. You're thinking the VR world might actually be coming? Maybe. Mm. I mean, but you wouldn't even need a VR headset for it. You could just do it on a screen. Also, you would need some kind of a clothes filter so you could still do podcasts naked. <sighs> All right, next story. <laughs> the sexy news. <laughs> next story. Uh, carbon capture is happening. A it lot, is. apparently. We already have the technology we need to pull the carbon out of the air. We just don't have uh, a lot of it built yet. But carbon capture and storage grew 44% over the last 12 months. Uh, that includes 30 facilities that are already in operation, 11 under construction, and 153 in development. The CO2 capacity of all these facilities, once they are built, uh, will allow them to pull out hundred and sorry, 244 million tons of CO2 per year. Uh, that sounds like a lot, and it is a lot, but the U.S. would need to remove 10 times that amount, 2 billion tons annually, to be carbon neutral, and uh, the world would need to remove uh, 10 billion annually. But, you know, we can do it and uh it's a matter of time and spending money and honestly as the technology gets better i'm assuming it'll be cheaper to do this at scale so all yay. right sounds good get that carbon out of the atmosphere then we don't have to you know hear people whining about we're using too much electricity exactly we can burn everything we want because we're just gonna suck it right back um out. i've heard that they can that, that like one of the ways to do carbon capture is to form like a closed system where they get the carbon out of the air, then you burn the carbon for electricity, then you pull it back out of the air, and it's like you're using exactly the carbon that you emitted, which sounds neat. Hmm. That sounds like a neat thing to do. That and sounds like an engineering nightmare. You're an engineering nightmare. <laughs> anyway, next story. I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, more about electricity. We got battery news. Yes, new battery structure adds an ultra-thin nickel foil into the media medium of the battery, like within the battery itself. Uh, ah, ultra-thin nickel foil, of course. Yeah, I've been saying this for years. <laughs> this is what we need. If only they had listened to you. If only. I, I am very smart. <laughs> Instead of kicking you out of that university classroom. 
Uh, yeah, if only I was a hot woman. I know. The nickel foil self-regulates the battery's temperature and reactivity, which allows for fucking 10-minute fast charging on just about any ev- electrical vehicle battery. Uh, they're smaller, they're faster charging, and they would dramatically cut down on battery cost and usage. And I think a lot of people would be more likely to uh, have electrical vehicles if they knew they could just like stop by at a gas station and in 10 minutes be up at full that charge That's one again. of the big drawbacks currently. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that'd be great. 10-minute charge. Yeah. I spent 10 minutes at a gas station before. I do sometimes too. Never to fill up, but sometimes to wait yeah, in line. Exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, to go in and, you know, buy coffee. Oh, yeah, All right. good point. And final piece of happy news, the Respect for Marriage Act has passed the Senate. Um, um, I don't know if it's passed the Senate. It I know has it's... passed the Senate. Oh, okay, cool. You are has... Oh, actually, I think you might be right. It hasn't actually passed yet, but it's definitely going to because it passed the important vote in the Senate. Yes. Which is the cloture vote. Yeah. Which, for um, pe- people who don't know, that means that it can't be filibustered anymore. Yeah, that's the one that requires 60 votes, which is why nothing ever passes the Senate. Except yes. for this, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a I, this is a great law. It basically just says, um, this is all for in the event that uh, gay marriage is uh, judicially overturned. This says, look, any state who wants to can grant gay marriages. Um, any, every other state has to respect them um, yeah. and grant full faith and credit. Um there's some dumb stuff in there, like uh, religious exemptions and specific clarification that's like, no polyamorous marriages. Oh, what? Uh, oh, yeah, that's in there. Do you oh, not know I'm about that? I'm taking this out of happy news then. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, Ineaj. There well, already weren't any polyamorous marriages. That's true. And also, I don't ever want to be married again. But still, it's racist yeah. against polyamorous it's people. It's definitely racist. <laughs> um, but, you know, other than that, it's a great law. Interestingly, this was based on a law in Utah, which was uh, passed with great support from the Mormon church because of all the religious freedom stuff that is in it. Uh, The Mormons were like, yes, absolutely. Everybody get all the gay married you want. Just leave our fucking church out of it. And uh, yeah, that's that's the law of the land in Utah now. And the the U.S. bill is based on theirs and also has support again from the Mormon church because they're like, yeah, we just want our religious freedoms. You guys can get gay married if you want. So that's, that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, and if the Mormons had taken that attitude from the beginning, this would have been way easier. I know. Instead, they were like, no gay marriage for anybody ever. No, 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 no. And then it passed. They're like, oh, all right, but let's make sure we have our religious exemptions and then we'll stop kicking our feet about it. I want to point out that it was, what, 20-something years ago, 22, 23 years ago that uh, DOMA was passed, the Defense of Marriage Act? Yeah. Uh, which means I mean, it was ninety late nineties, so yeah, probably like twenty three, twenty four years ago. I am willing to bet that there are some people serving right now who will vote for respect for marriage that also voted for uh, the defense of marriage, which was the uh, the bill that Joe made, Biden probably voted for it that made gay marriage illegal, and Joe Biden did vote for it. Yes, yeah. So now he will be signing this one into law, presumably. Uh, I, I just. When this passes, I want a list of all the people who voted for both because I think that would be an interesting, an interesting way to reflect on our history and so progress. we can congratulate them for updating in the face of new evidence. Yes. All right. Good. For becoming all right. better people, you guys can have fun with that. I'll keep making fun <laughs> of them. <laughs> all right. Well, that, speaking of uh, giving our personal takes on things. It's time for troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield each episode, and we'll start with David. Yeah, so uh, I I had this rant about um, 
Halloween and how we had forgotten the true spirit of Halloween and uh, how it's gotten too commercial and blah, blah, blah. But I don't feel like being that negative tonight. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to say I am moving uh, and, and specifically moving like all the way across the country. And it really sucks. Um, in particular, uh, finding an apartment is really awful. Uh, I suspect, uh, based on my previous experience finding an apartment and it not being nearly this awful, that a lot of the awfulness comes from fallout from the um, eviction moratorium. Uh, so now places need to be really careful who they're renting to because at any moment the uh, daddy government might tell them, hey, uh, you can't kick out anyone who's a current resident no matter how far behind on their payments are, uh, they are. So, yeah, the moving sucks at the best of times, and uh, bad COVID policy has probably made it significantly worse. Lame. All right, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Um, I yeah. agree, moving always sucks, and it sounds like it's even worse now. Yeah, fortunately, I have some very... Uh, hang on, that, that was a bit of a bummer, bummer note, so let me uh, do a quick... Uh, addendum. Uh, fortunately, I have good friends who are letting me couch surf while I try to find a place. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I just want to say good friends are good to have. And um, yeah, especially having friends like in lots of different areas of the country, because like I didn't need to pay for any housing during my trip out here because I just stayed with friends and relatives and that was great. Uh, it was great for me because I got to catch up with people that I like and uh, it was great for them for the same reason and also I didn't have to spend several hundred dollars on hotels. So yeah, friends are nice, awesome. moving is friends not. Friends are nice. Alright, Ineash, awesome. what have you got? Uh, fuck, I didn't make a troop deployment. I dropped the ball. Um, Talk about universal love. <laughs> Uh, moving, moving is actually pretty great. I recommend it. I kind of enjoy <laughs> moving because you get to check out different areas and, uh, you, you, I don't know, keeps you honest with your stuff. Fuck. I don't know, man. Eh. I don't have a troop deployment this year. I Sorry. Okay, do you, do you like do you like the actual moving part of moving or do you like having moved? Cuz I I, I definitely like like the after you've gotten your stuff unpacked but you're still like figuring out the new place and the new area and all that. That's great. It's just the actual like finding somewhere to live and then getting your stuff from place A to place B that I hate. I mean, this is why I say it keeps you honest with your stuff. Uh, when I was moving every couple of years, I had very, very few things, and it turned out I needed very few things, and uh, it wasn't that big of a pain to get ah, moved. Turns out it's all your material attachments. Yeah, you should have less of those and more universal love. All right, love. well, that was a terrible troop deployment. You should be ashamed of yourself, I Inia. am. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We forgive you. Okay. Because universal love. Aww. All right. My troop deployment is that the Democrats should raise the fucking debt limit already. As we covered earlier, the Republicans have taken back the House of Representatives, which sucks because it means that all the stuff I said two episodes ago was going to happen, including the partisan gridlock, endless Hunter Biden investigations, probably some kind of shenanigans if Trump loses in 2024, fights over Ukraine funding, and debt limit chicken. The Democrats can't do much about most of that, but there is one problem they can solve right now, the debt limit. If you haven't been paying attention, the government has a very stupid thing called the debt limit. 
Congress passes appropriation bills which authorize spending, but since the government always spends more than it takes in revenue, it needs to borrow money, and the debt limit is a limit on how much money the government can borrow. Every time there's a Democratic president and a Republican Congress, the Republicans threaten to fail to raise the debt limit unless they get some policy concessions. If they actually wanted to reduce government spending, the place to do that is in the appropriations bill. That's where they authorize the spending. The debt limit fight is over whether we're going to pay the debts that Congress incurred. The main effect of failing to raise the debt limit would be that the government couldn't pay its bills, defaults on its debts, and ruins its credit rating. And since, currently, American Treasury bonds are considered one of the safest investments in the world, that would have ripple effects on the world economy and potentially cause a worldwide depression. It would also mean the U.S. has to pay higher interest rates on all borrowing from now on. The debt limit always gets raised eventually, so there wouldn't be any less borrowing, it would just be more expensive. It's a stupid game, and the Democrats could solve it right now by raising the debt limit to a zillion dollars. There is absolutely no reason not to do this. Government spending will still be limited by Congress. The only reason they won't do it is because they're afraid of Republican attack ads. But that's also stupid because nobody actually cares about government spending except weirdos like David. So stop being cowards. Raise the debt limit and spare us all another two years of this stupid game. A, a zillion dollars, a you A zillion say. dollars. Uh, all right, that's our show for this two-week period. Please follow us wherever you follow podcasts. Leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Substack. Get us up to 100. And Eniage will do the show on Mushrooms. It will be amazing. Fuck yeah. You'll also get early episodes. You'll get access, access to all our bonus episodes. And you'll get access to our subscriber-only Discord channel. And come back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Bye. Bye.